0: Feels good to be healthy enough to talk. Woof. No longer have a fever or the flu. Eh, I got a little cough. My voice is a little, you know, still stuffed up a little bit. But man, I was refereeing games on Saturday and about halfway through, I don't know, it just hit me like, what is up? My whole body felt weird. I was kind of not getting lightheaded, but just kind of wishy-washy compared to like normal. Brandon now I'm not like that but you know normal Brandon was not there so you know I get home I lay down fall asleep the next day I'm even worse have a hundred and three degree fever nurse that get it down Monday comes around fever comes back and man it's just been rough Tuesday I still laid up I was not feeling well still nauseous when I would get up Today is Wednesday, December 8th, so it knocked me out pretty much from life as I know it, which is, you know, I do a lot of things. From December 3rd to December 7th, I went to work yesterday. Still kind of not feeling the best, but, you know, I was all right. I had to go to work, you know, I got to do what I got to do. So I went yesterday and, you know, kind of a little scramble brain a little bit, but not too bad. Got back there. Still four days where life was just out of there. And then I'm looking, I'm like, man, I got things to do. I got all these things I want to do. I got to say, I got to do a podcast. So that's where we're at. I'm glad I'm feeling better. Hopefully you're feeling well. I mean, this fever flu bug thing has been going around. I see so many people on my Facebook and Twitter. I'm hearing about how many kids are not at school. I'm hearing about referees not going to games either. I had to skip out on Monday and Tuesday Man, it's uh, it's not COVID. Honestly, I think it feels worse than COVID, but from what I understand, it's not taking any lives. It's just really painful. It's just a sickness. I get sick maybe once every five years. I've literally been sick maybe four years of my entire life, so it's going to be more than every five years, but I hardly get sick. I got sick this time. I'm like, ugh. So hopefully it's another, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 years. Maybe I'm not sick until I'm 60. That would be amazing. That's what I'm going to hope for. Hopefully you're hoping for that too, for me. Anyway, we're back and as good as ever. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. This, of course, is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you. Welcome. Always appreciate the love, you listening. To everything that's going on in Illinois. I mean, I love it. Hopefully you love it. And that's why you tune in. We always have a great guest. We'll get to the guest in just a second. Make sure you check out Edge of Your Seat Podcast on the socials. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Please like, star, review, comment. All those cool things. It helps us out tremendously. Especially on Spotify and Apple Podcast, where you can listen to this episode. It'll push us up a little to the rankings. You can hear us. Everybody can see us. It's a beautiful thing. You have any questions, suggestions, you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest. You want to advertise with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, any of the above, or anything else, send an email, edge of your podcast at gmail.com. And of course, the shout out to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions for the intro and outro beat. And of course, the show is brought to you by Mendota Ford. So for episode 246, we have Hartenbauer, aka Michael Hartenbauer of the La Salle Peru area. He is a wrestler with DreamWave. I have talked to him a few times, wrote stories on him in DreamWave, and they got a show coming up. I was like, hey, let's reach out. We spoke. And he'll be in a match at Nevermore. That's the December 10th show presented by Luz Legrado at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle. The doors will open at 2. The show is at 3. Tickets are still available, but they are running rapid. They're they're going quickly. But you can purchase those at www.dreamwavewrestling.com. I'm going to the show, been to other shows. It's always a lot of fun. They do a great job of entertaining, performing, doing everything that you want in your wrestling show. Hartenbauer talks about, of course, the show and so much more, his career, his influences, all that good stuff. But before we get to Hartenbauer, our guest, we have scores, results, accomplishments, and all kinds of other stuff. From around the area. Thank you to all the coaches, administrators, players that have been reaching out. Sending us stuff to make this. What it's supposed to be. Edge of your seat podcast. Bringing you Illinois' heat. Illinois' awesomeness every single episode. We're going to get right to those stats, results, accomplishments. Right after a word with our sponsor, Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town, the staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate, Jason Hintz, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five and has been with Mendota Ford for the last two years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family, Ski and Jason, We'll make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Let's get to it. I am sorry. I got sick and we got some days here. But there's so much awesomeness, we can't just overlook it. We got to talk about it. We got to share the results. We got to share what's happening. Again, that's what we do at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. So Monday, November 28th, girls basketball El Paso Gridley fell to Tri-Valley 62-50. EPG was led by Maddie Earhart. She has 15 points, 5 threes. All those were threes, just raining threes. And Mindy Steiner had 10 points, while Miley Earhart had nine rebounds. EPG, at that point, was 2-2 on the season. November 29th, boys basketball, we got EPG. They fell to Pontiac, 71-54. Micah Miss had 22 points, hit four threes, of 6-6 from free throw. That's impressive. And Jonah Funk had 10 points and nine rebounds. EPG, not a team that we have discussed a lot on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. But in the last week or so, we've kind of refined our map of where we're going, who we're speaking with. We still have 48 high schools, but a couple have gone, a couple have stayed just because of geographic mass land here. So uh, we stayed within an hour radius it was like an hour and a minute and we had some connections, you know, stuff like that. We kept them in the mix, but an hour five, hour 10, hour, we just kind of let it go. It's a little fart out and there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about and people to talk to in the schools that we do have. So we kind of reshaped the map and it's going to work out. It's been awesome so far and we're going to keep riding, riding right to Wednesday, November 30th. Boys Basketball, Indian Creek beat Amboy 58-36. For Indian Creek, Jeff Probes had 17 points and Landon Schrader had 12. Amboy was led by Wes Wilson, who had 11 points. Newman had 14 steals and a 70-53 victory over Burrow Valley. Genoa Kingston, another new addition to Eoys coverage range beat Marengo, 58-38. For GK, Traven Atterbury had 18. Josh Bunting had 12. Anawan, another newbie, beat Alleman, 51-32. to 32. Sandwich beat Earlville, 58-36. For Earlville, Griffin Cook had 13 points, and Ryan Browder had 11. At the time, Earlville was 2-3. Get to some wrestling. St. Bede was in a triangular with Sherrard and Fulton. The Bruins lost to both. They fell to Sherrard 45 to 30 and to Fulton 57 to 12. Hunter Savage had two pins for the Bruins at 126 pounds. DeCal beat Matea Valley 68 to 6 in another triangular. Plano beat Mendota, 72-0, then beat Mooseheart, 84-0, and then Plano lost to Cole City, 60-12. For Plano, Alex Diaz, three wins, all at 285 pounds, 11 other wrestlers won two matches for the Reapers. Moving on to bowling, boys, DeKalb lost to Geneva, 2,558 to 2,455. Girls basketball, Rock Falls beat Rochelle 56-35. Hinckley Big Rock lost to Westmont 57-53. Dixon beat Ottawa 43-34. Putnam County took out Peoria Christian 52-22. For the Lady Panthers, Grace Schucci had 13 points and Spratt had 10. Anawan had 63, defeating Abingdon Avon 52. Anawan hit six first-half threes, had a 44-28 lead at halftime, and just kind of coasted from there. Clarabella Van Opdorp had 19 points, Kaylee Sellis had 18 points, and Olivia Goodley had 16 points for the Lady Braves. Thursday, December 1st, moving right along. Girls basketball, Indian Creek beat Lemoyle 56-21. For IC, Izzy Turner had 23 points, and Bethany Odell had 12. Burrow Valley got a W over Newman 46-28, as this was BV's first home game. For the Storm, Katie Salisbury 19 points. Taylor Newhoffen had 10 points, and Elena Wisselesky had 8 rebounds. For Newman, Jess Johns had 18. As of December 1st, Burrow Valley was 4-2 and 2-0 in the Three Rivers Conference East Division. Fieldcrest beat Tri-Valley 72 to 28. Oof, that's a drubbing. For Fieldcrest, Ashlyn May had 17 points, Caitlin White had 13, Macy Gokenauer had 13, and Carolyn McGow had 10. Fieldcrest at this point was 8-0 and 2-0 in the Heart of Illinois Conference. El Paso Gridley fell to Fisher, 52-31. For EPG, Miley Earhart, 12 points. Macy Earhart had 15 rebounds. The leading scorer for Fisher was Kaylee Evans. She had 21. Game high. Kiwani fell to Ridgewood, 66-61. Kiwanee Jr. Avery Yepsen had 16 points, which was a career high. Crofton had 12. Daring and Stevens had 10 points each. Getting back to the wrestling mat, in a triangular, Princeton defeated Morrison and Erie Prophetstown. The Tigers beat Morrison 33-9. Scoring pins for the Tigers, Caden Gibson at 120, Andrew Peacock at 126, Ace Christensen at 132, and Kate O'Dell at 285. Against E.P., Princeton's Augustus Swanson had a pin at 113, Andrew Peacock at 126, Augie Christensen at 145, 152 was Casey Etheridge, and his older brother, the senior, Carson Etheridge, had a pin at 170. And another triangular, Kiwani, Sherrard, and Mercer County met did a little dancing. Kiwani beat Sherrard 60 to 21. Falls for Kiwani were Kingston Peterson at 106. Benjamin Taylor at 126. Landon Mason at 132. Will Taylor at 138. Max Kelly at 145. At 152 was Garrett Pettit. Jackson Hicks had a pin at 160. Alejandro Duarte at 182. Christian Britado at 195, and Douglas Swearingen at 285. Against Mercer County, Kiwani won 52-29. Pins for the Boilermakers were Benjamin Taylor at 126, Will Taylor at 138. We are going to say the name Taylor a lot when it comes to Kiwani wrestling, I'm just saying. Jackson Hicks, 160, Max Kelly at 168. And at 145, Max Kelly had a... Major decision, 16-8. I like throwing those in there because that's pretty impressive. That takes a lot of work. In another triangular, Plano beat Samanac 72-12. Ottawa beat Samanac 71-9. And when Ottawa and Plano locked up, the Pirates sneak by 39-33. In the triangular, wins for the Reapers. Norbert Gaja. Antoine Guilford. Alex Diaz, Caden Roaning, Gio Diaz, Richie Amakura, all had wins, as Plano is getting ready for the Reaper Classic, December 9th and 10th. That's just tomorrow, December flying by already. After beating Plano, the Pirates were 4-1, and one. getting wins for the Pirates were, Ivan Munez, Keegan Duffy, Nico Stanfill, Anthony Evans, Tate Spicer and Charles Midrow all had two wins. Getting one win was Ava Weatherford, Dallas Harmon, Malaki Snyder, Marik Duffy, Sebastian Cabrera, Wyatt Redding, and Ryan Wilson. We're not done with wrestling yet. Another triangular. Amboy beat Putnam County Hall 36-18, and Newman defeated Putnam County Hall 42-18. For Amboy against PC Hall, Lucas Blanton had a third-round pin at 170. Elijah Lialta had a pin at 220. He had pins in both matches against Amboy and Newman. This one against Amboy was in 28 seconds. The crazy thing is, in that 36-18 score for Amboy and PC Hall, the rest were all forfeits. Newman 42 PC Hall 18 at 170 Newman's Harrison Webb had a pin 1 minute into the 3rd quarter and at 2:20 the before mentioned Leota's second pin came 25 seconds into the first round. So 28 seconds in the first one, 25 in the second. Yee, that's gonna done. Friday December 2nd. Yep. Let's stick with wrestling. Kiwani beat Allman in a duel, 54-28. to 28. Falls for Kiwani, 126, Benjamin Taylor, 138, Will Taylor. See, I told you, I told you, I told you. I don't lie here. We don't lie here at Edge of Your C Podcast. 145, Max Kelly, 152, Garrett Pettit, 160, Jackson Hicks, 170, Jackson Hawkins, 182, Alejandro Duarte, and 285, Douglas Swearengen. In a triangular on Friday, Oregon defeated Fulton 54-22 and defeated Polo 66-12. Oregon falls against Fulton where 120 pounds Anna Marquette in 43 seconds at 195 Seth Rout, 126 Colton Flaherty, 152 Grant Stender, 160 Anthony Bauer, And 106, Owen Wynn. And the 66-12 victory over Polo. Oregon Falls were at 182, Gabe Eckert. 220, Josh Crandall. 170, Anthony Bauer. 145, Seth Stevens. 120, Colton Flaherty. 152, Grant Stender. And 132, Preston LeBay. The hardwood on Friday. Marquette hosted AFC and Marquette won 63 to 28. Marquette was led by Griffin Walker, who had 14 points, drilled four threes, and six players scored between five and nine points for Marquette. I know five to nine points, like, and eh, that's not a lot, but when you got six players that do it, it adds up, and that's how you get a 63 to 28 W. For AFC, Coning had nine points. EPG. Defeated Fisher, 57-22. For EPG, Micah Meese had 19 points. And Chance Maxson had 12. Jonah Funk was 7 blocks. Oregon defeated Indian Creek, 57-35. Jeff Prost had 14 points for Indian Creek. Serena defeated Earlville, 44-36. Earlville's Ryan Browder had 14. And Adam Waite had 11. As of Friday, December 2nd, Earlville was 2-4 and 0-1 and and in the little 10. Kiwani knocked out Peoria Quest 72-57. For the Boilermakers, Brady Clark had 30 points. And the crazy thing is, the impressive thing, the thing that I like to look at, he didn't have a single three. 30 points the hard way. Free throws, drilling baskets inside the, the arc. Going to the paint. Doing it the way I like to see it. Not that threes aren't cool and yeah, you want to make them. But man, everybody's just chucking all the time. And I feel like so many points are left off the board because that's all we're doing. But not Brady Clark. He's scoring 30 without a single 3 Control Cattrall-Reed had 20, which was a career high for him. And Blaise Lewis had 10. Moving to girls basketball. Anawan dropped a close game to Brimfield, 64-60 for Anawan. Clara Bella Van Opdorp had 18, and Manuel had 12, and Olivia Goodley had 11. Morris Falls to Cole City, 47-33 for Morris. Brooklyn Lind led with 7 points. Oregon dropped a game to Rock Falls, 54-17. Getting ready for the Ottawa Lady Pirate Holiday Tournament. It begins December 17th. I've always been a fan of this tournament. Really good girls basketball. Here is the teams that are in the pools. Pool A is Ottawa, Pontiac, and Streeter. Pool B is Metamora, LP, and IVC and Chillicothe. Pool C is Canton, Joliet Catholic, and Morris. And Pool D is Knoxville, Newark, and Prairie Central. Got a few days down, got a few more left. This seems like a great time to have a word with Surf Internet. Looking for bigger internet speeds at a better value? Surf Fiber has Mendota covered. Go big with Surf and you'll get reliable, fiber fast internet up to 25 times faster than cable. With Surf, there are no contracts or hidden fees and you get a low locked in price that'll never go up. Wanna speed things up even more? Go gig and get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers. It's the best deal of the year. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to match the switch today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. I just got to say, when I was Black Friday shopping, I saw the Eero Wi-Fi routers at a Best Buy in Rockford, and they are expensive. So to get them free, that would be ideal. Just saying. Let's get back to scores. Yep. Um, yeah. Time for Saturday, December 3rd. Boys basketball. Indian Creek lost to Woodstock. 67-48. to 48. For Indian Creek, Landon Schrader had 22 and Jeffrey Probst had 8. This was also the first day of the Kimoni Classic. One of my... Favorite basketball tournaments around. It is up there with the Plano Christmas Classics. The Marseilles Holiday Tournament, which I know is no more. They're going to move it. Hopefully still have it put together. So many great tournaments in the area, and this is one of them. So the Komoni Classic started off with Marquette beating Mendota 58-36. to For the Crusaders, Griffin Walker had 16 points. Crew Bond had 13 points. If you don't know who Kru Bond is, he was at Mendota last year. He has since moved and transferred, and he's a crusader. For Mendota, Isaiah Nanez and Rafael Romero had 11 points each. Fieldcrest beat Burrow Valley 63-34. For Fieldcrest, Connor Reichman had 17 and Parker Sidebottom 10. For Burrow Valley, Landon Holsing had 10. Princeton beat St. Bede, 70-22. to 22. Princeton's Grady Thompson had 14. Noel Laporte had 12. St. Bede was led by John Brady, who had 6. Hall fell to Stillman Valley by 2 points, 66-64. Makrasetich, 40 points. Listen to these percentages. He shot 11 of 13 from 2. That's 85%. He shot 1 of 2 from 3, that's 50%, and 15 of 20 from the free throw line, that's 75%, and he had 10 rebounds and 3 steals. Makrasetich is no joke. For Stillman Valley, Owen Dunseth had 26, and Alex Rann had 24. Girls Basketball, Ottawa beat Morris 50-22. to 22. For Morris, McKenna Boyle had 7. At the Amboy shootout, Burrow Valley fell to Freeport Aquan 34 29. BV led 18-10 at half, then were outscored 24-9 in the second half. The Storm were led by Lindsay Caddy who had 12 points. Of course, we're going back to the wrestling mat, Plainfield North Dual Team Tournament. Sandwich was involved. They lost to Dundee Crown 39-32. Pins for sandwich, 126 Caden Kern. 138, Kai Kern. 145, Cy si Smith, 152, Nolan Bobby. And at 132, scoring a 17-1 technical fall was Miles Quarter. Sandwich defeated Hoffman Estates 42-42. Then the tiebreaker was on forfeits. 5-2 was the tiebreaker. Pins, 138 for Kai Kern and 145 for cy si Smith. Sandwich then lost to Lincoln Way East, 60-9. Sy si Smith had a pin at 145. In the consolation bracket, Sandwich lost to Hinsdale Central, 67-12. Sandwich took forfeit wins at 126 and 132. The 11th place match, Sandwich lost To Villa Park, 37-30. to So close, so close. Pins for a sandwich came at 152 with Nolan Bobby, 170 Devin Blatchard, and 126 Caden Kern. The Seneca Invitational Tournament was also on Saturday, December 3rd. Winning it all was Clifton Central with 211.5 points. Seneca was second at 205. Orion was third at 185. Kiwani took 4th at 180, and St. Bede was 14th. For Putnam County Hall, James Irwin won 2 matches, a 4-0 decision against St. Bede and a pin over Seneca. He lost in the championship of 285 pounds to Noah Gomez of Clifton Central. For Kiwani, at 126, Ben Taylor finished 3rd. At 138, Will Taylor was your champ. At 145, Max Kelly was third. 152, Garrett Pettit was third. At 160, Jackson Hicks was fourth. Couldn't wrestle the third place match because he had too many matches on the day. And at 182, Alejandro Duarte is the champ. Putting the hands around his waist looking like, hey, there's the belt. For St. Bede, Garrett Connolly at 170 was one and two. At 182, Grady Gillian was 2-2. 195, Jack Miglarini was 1-1. At 220, Gavin Hahn was 1-2. And And Michael Shaw was 2-2 at 285 pounds. Girls hoop action for Monday, December 5th. Morris defeated IMSA 55-2 for Morris. Landry Callahan had 25 points and 11 rebounds with a nasty double-double. Fieldcrest defeated Lexington 61-20, moving Fieldcrest to 9-0, 3-0 in the Heart of Illinois Conference. Ashlyn May led the way for the Knights with 20 points, 5 steals, and 5 assists. Caden White had 18 points and 5 steals, and Haley Carver had 11 points. EPG lost to Deer Creek Mackinac 71 45. For EPG, Miley Earhart had 14 points and 7 rebounds. Boys basketball, Henry Sanatuan defeated Lamoille, Ohio 67 36. For LO, Logan Dauber had 10 points. Day 2 of the Komoni Classic Barrow Valley lost to Pontiac 89 62. For the Storm, Elijah Endress, 17 points. Parker Steer had 11. Marquette got a big victory over LaSalle, Peru, 67-46. Griffin Walker had 16 points and 6 rebounds. Logan Nelson had 15. And Tommy Durden had 14 points and 4 assists for the Crusaders. While Josh Seneca had 21 points and 11 rebounds for a double-double for the Cavaliers. After day two, Marquette was 4-0 on the season, and LaSalle, Peru, 4-3. We got two days left, but let's take a break and work on our home. Because you can fix it at all times, anytime. New coat paint, new tiling, new shingles, new drywall, new electric outlets, new plumbing, new carpet, new new change, change. You can do it all on your home. Even in December, Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Keith Milas has the skills and over 10 years of experience to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, and formulate renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. If you hadn't noticed yet, the possibilities are endless. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to Construction 19 at gmail.com. Let's get to Tuesday, December 6th. Two days ago, we're going to start with some wrestling. St. Bede defeated Putnam County Hall 62 12. A win for Putnam County Hall was James Irwin at 285. For St. Bede, Garrett Conley, Grady Gillian, Jack Miglarini, and Ryan Miglarini. All had pins for the Bruins at 160, 170, 195, and 220. This was part of the triangular with Princeton. Princeton beat PC Hall 78 to nothing. Securing pins for the Tigers at 113 with Swanson in 15 seconds. 160 was Preston Arkels in 54 seconds. 170, Casey Etheridge at 142. 195 was Morris at 103. At 220 was Pearson at 141. 285 was Kate O'Dell in 345, which was the only second round pin. All the rest coming in the first for the Tigers. Against St. Bede, Princeton won 69-12. Pins for the Tigers, 126. Peacock at 335 in the second round. At 138 pounds, Carlos Benavidez at 310 in the second round. 145 was Augie Christiansen at 255 in the second round. At 152, Casey Etheridge in 16 seconds. Arkles at 160 had a pin in 104. Carson Etheridge had a pin at 112 at 170 pounds. And at 182, Anthony Vuzhnov. And 35 seconds going to the hardwood earlville over hiawatha 61 27 for the red raiders adam Waite had 16 points and 10 rebounds garrett cook 15 points 12 rebounds 8 assists and ryan browder had a game high 24 points as of tuesday earlville three and four one and one in the little 10 Newark beat Lamoille, Ohio, 75-34. For Lamoille, Ian Sundberg had 9 points and 5 rebounds. Newman defeated Kiwani 66-59 in a close game. Newman was led by Lucas Simpson, who had 21 points. Nolan Britt had 18, and Aiden Batten had 15. For Kiwani, Blaise Lewis had 21, and Brady Clark had 14. Day 3, of the Komoni Classic. LP beat Mendota 55-45. For LaSalle, Peru, Josh Seneca had a double-dub with 24 points and 11 rebounds. Mendota was led by Rafael Romero's 9 points and 7 rebounds. Princeton beat Rock Falls 68-56. Grady Thompson scored 28, and Tegan Davis had 21 for Princeton. Putnam County defeated Hall 69-34. Putnam County was led by Jackson McDonald's 25 points and Austin Mattingly's 21. Hall was led by Mac Resetic's 22 points. Outside of the Komoni Classic, Serena beat Indian Creek 77-56. For IC, Jeff Prope's had 20 points. Let's talk about some swimming. LaSalle Peru was involved in a triangular. Washington won with a 149 Pontiac had a 74 and LaSalle Peru was third with a 68. LaSalle was second in the 200 meter relay with Bo Weddle, Owen Phillips, Brian Lowry, and Jonathan Nguyen with a time of 202.31. Owen Phillips also had a second place finish in the 200 IM with 2 minutes 29.99 seconds. Girls basketball. Oregon defeated West Carroll 51 20. Oregon 5-3, 3-6 and three, three and in the Big Northern. Lutz had 17 points for Oregon. Galva beat Burrow Valley 40-29. For the Storm, Katie Salisbury had 11 points and Lindsey Caddy had 7 rebounds. Oh, we're not done with wrestling. Oregon 43, Lena Winslow 27. The pins for Oregon. Jackson Messenger at 113, Colton Flaherty at 120, Lane Helverson at 138, and Gabe Eckerd at 170. Just had little, little, little random wrestling laying around. Had to throw that in there somewhere. That was a spot to throw it in. Let's move on to Wednesday, December 7th. Boys Bowling. St. Bede defeated Hall 1907-1723. to 1723. For St. Bede, Hayden Ader. 560, Dominic Fonperoli had a 531. These are three game series scores that we're speaking here. Halls, Moses Levine had a 535, and Caden Kenny had a 457. For the girls, St. Bede, 2745, Hall, 2112. For St. Bede, Aubrey Akunches with a 607 three game series and Maddie Fabish, a 5.22. For Hall, Sarah Bayer had a 5.40. And Emma Nicoli had a 4.50. Girls Basketball, Anawan beat West Central 66-43. Van Opdorp had 35 points. Sellis 11 and Goodley 11. Plano just squeaked by Morris, 46-40. Morris was led by Langley Callahan's 16 points and 11 rebounds, and Addison Stacy's 12 points and 3 steals. Day 4 of the Comoni Classic was on Wednesday. Putnam County 63, Stillman Valley 48. Putnam County outscored Stillman Valley 24-11 in the 4th quarter. Jackson McDonald had 18 points and 8 rebounds. Austin Mattingly had 16 points and 8 rebounds. And Wyatt Grimshaw had 16 points for the Panthers. St. Bede fell to Rock Falls 69-61. Isaiah Hart had 19 points. Callahan Huneberg 14. And Connor Brown 11 for the Bruins. Fieldcrest also lost, this time to Pontiac 65-47. Landon Mudrow had 17 points and 6 boards for the Knights. We love our wrestling on this show, and of course, we're getting to Hartenbauer. But we got just a few more high school wrestling here. Sandwich fell to Sycamore, 48-24, and beat Oswego East, 47-21, in a triangular. Pins for Sandwich against Sycamore. Jacob Gruca at 120 in the second round, and Cy Smith at 138 pounds in the second round. And against Oswego, Sandwich had pins at 138 from Miles Quarter, 145 from Kai Kern, and 160 from Nolan Bobby. In a duel, St. Bede beat Ulliman 43 29. Wins for St. Bede Hunter Savage at 126, Evan Inglehop at 152, at 160, Garrett Conley, and 220, Ryan Miglarini. In one of the best duels you'll see anywhere, Ottawa defeated LaSalle, Peru, 48-36, picking up dubs for the Pirates, Ivan Munez, Dallas Harmon, Merrick Duffin, Sebastian Cabrera, Wyatt Redding, Anthony Evans, Tate Spicer, and Ryan Wilson. So many amazing scores and accomplishments and career highs and all that great stuff, Already, the season just started. Nobody's even 10 games in, and it's just a great time. My favorite time of the year, no doubt. Christmas right around the corner, basketball tournaments, Komoni Classic. Whew. This is where at least I'm supposed to be. Hopefully, this is where you're supposed to be and listen to Edge of Your Sea podcast and getting all of this brought to you. Well, it is time to listen to Hart and Bauer You can call him Michael Hartenbauer if you want to or his wrestling name, he dropped the mic. It's just Hartenbauer. We'll be back real soon. Lots more to talk about, as always. But until then, until next time, peace. Edge of Your Seat Podcast. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, but it doesn't matter the weather. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a wrestling fan. And although I do not watch consistently like I used to, Whenever I get a chance to speak to a wrestler, especially if he's from the same area that I'm from, I'm going to have him on the podcast. Today, we are joined by LaSalle Perouse, Michael Hartenbauer. Mike, how's it going, my friend? I'm doing good, my man. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I know Dreamwave has a show right around the corner, so I reached out to Jay Repsol, who was just on the show not too long ago, and I'm like, man. I need to speak to somebody. I threw out your name and a couple others. He's like, I can get you, Mike. I'm like, that's why I really wanted anyway. Let's get him on.
1: I love it. I love it. He's like, you know, Harden he's not busy. He'll do it. He'll do it.
0: <laughs> I know you're busy. I know you're really busy. So I appreciate you having a word with us at Edge of Your Seat Podcast.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, like you said, it doesn't matter the weather. The show always goes on to kind of... Uh, talk about what you just said there. I, so many people don't watch wrestling the way they used to like when we were kids. And I feel like that's starting to kind of come back a little bit where wrestling is almost cool again. So it's um
0: really fun time in wrestling right now. It does go through its spurts and I realize that as a wrestling fan. How old are you, Mike? I'm 35. I'm 37, so I'm just a couple years older than you. But you then must remember the mid-90s, before NWO was a thing, and when all the WWE had was Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, and Bret Hart. Even though there were some epic wrestlers and big names, the programs, the overall wrestling environment was not good at all.
1: Yeah, and, and I was I would have been like pr- pretty young at that time. So like a lot of my first memories watching wrestling were at the height of the attitude era so i feel like a lot of people our age kind of have the same story there where it's like we were kids and we see this crazy stuff on tv every monday night and you know you're wrestling in your room and in your backyard all that stuff and then you you, you know you get into high school and then you know things changed a little bit and obviously life changes and you kind of grow out of it and then some people either come back to it uh, like I did or they don't but it's it's the number of people that I come across each week that they're somewhat hesitant to talk about wrestling and then they'll start talking about it and it's like wait a second you're a you're a wrestling fan you can admit it it's it's okay this is a safe place
0: yeah, I can't hide it anymore. I did for a little bit. I remember telling friends like in college like, "Oh, I was all right, you know, whatever." And then they'd ask me a question. I knew every single thing about that pay-per-view or that wrestler, and then I'm like, "You know what? I'm a fan." Right,
1: exactly. It's 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 art and it's entertainment, and you know, I feel like a lot of the people that that kind of rag on it, they don't understand it. It's it's kind of hard to make them understand it, but, you know, nobody ever sits here and says, oh, it's, it's 100% real, it's it's a sport, it's this, it's that. No, you know, nobody likes to have their um, intelligence insulted, and people that like wrestling, people that are involved in wrestling, don't do
0: that. Not at all. What I was getting with with the mid-90s is we go through the Hulk Hogan era, the, you know, Macho Man's, Ultimate Warriors, whatever, then we get to the 90s and it's kind of like, ah, blah. Then we get to the Attitude Era, which you mentioned, which was the probably the biggest boom in wrestling. Then we had, you know, right afterwards with Edge and John Cena, still picked it up for a little bit. And then it kind of dropped off. I always said it was because WCW folded and there wasn't any competition. That's what I thought. And then, you know, watching in the mid-2010s like 2010s and stuff, it just got really, really stale for me. But now, with AEW and WWE being taken over by Triple H, this is probably, what you said, a good time to get into wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. I think a
1: big part of it to, you know, not not having necessarily the competition, but also when WWE um, went public, you know, and you have stock uh, shareholders, all of that stuff, you know, you have to answer to them, essentially. So the product really... um, Like you said, it got stale for for a long time. You know, if you watch, like, the actual wrestling from, like, the late 90s, a lot of it isn't really that good. It was just the storylines and the drama. And that's what I liked as a kid, and that's what I like today. And if you watch my work, you'll definitely notice that because I'm not the most technically sound professional wrestler in the world. So, you know, I, I I like telling stories, and I like watching stories be told.
0: I like that little segue we're talking about WWE and AEW and things like that, but the independent wrestling is kind of where I started watching it, and I still love it today, I try to go to every Dreamwave show I can go, I was at the last one, and you're right, weather does not stop a show, it was supposed to be outside at La Grotto's, gets moved to Knights of Columbus, it's a fantastic show, and now we're going to have another one, at, is it at Los Grotto's or is that at Knights of Columbus?
1: Yeah, that'll be in the Knights of Columbus. December 10th, you know, if we did that one outside, it would just be a blizzard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It might be interesting, but somebody might get hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably me.
0: (laughs) Going back to Knights of Columbus, I mean, this is kind of where you got your start, where, you know, Dreamwave was a big deal a few years ago. I mean, I saw you there many times. So how's it feel to you to go back to Knights of Columbus, be back in Dreamwave, doing what you love to do?
1: It's actually been really rewarding for me uh, personally.
0: See, like you said, you you know, you
1: kind of got into wrestling because of the independence. And I didn't, like when I was a kid, I guess I thought there was only whatever I saw on TV. Like I didn't even realize ECW or any of that. I I just thought there was WCW and WWF and that's all there was. And it wasn't until I was like, I I don't even know, but whatever age I was and I started like. Hearing about, you know, independent shows and um, that there's this whole network of, of indie wrestlers out there. And I'm thousands of people. And I mean, I've met so many people over the years. It's, it's, it's crazy that we all kind of share this um, this passion. I think I went to a couple like indie shows in, in LaSalle when I was maybe like 12 years old or so. But I guess I still didn't realize that it was a thing that happens like every week and every in different towns all across America and all across the world so it wasn't until I was like in my mid 20s that I went to a Dreamwave show I went there because I was like a big fan I don't know what show it was maybe Kevin Nash was the special guest um, or Scott Steiner um, or even Steve McMichael it was one of those shows and I went and it just kind of like sparked something inside of me where I was like man this is what I wanted to do when I was a kid I guess I didn't realize like this was like a thing, you know, I guess I just, you know, I kind of got into it from there. So it's kind of crazy to me to think that I was just sitting there at the Knights of Columbus as a fan. And then, you know, that first run that I had at Dreamwave, I don't want to say that I looked at wrestling as a hobby, but like that first several years that I was, you know, in the business, you know, several different reasons. I wasn't able to take it as seriously as I do now. Now it's my number one priority every day. So to be able to have it back here in my hometown at the level that I'm working at now is pretty cool to me.
0: For the people that are not Dreamwave fans or have not seen you perform, what's your handle and what's your kind of like personality as a wrestler? My personality as a
1: wrestler. If if you come to a Dreamwave show, it, you know it's easy to be the well, I live here, so i'm the hometown kid i'm a good guy i'm the you know like this kind of stuff but i think what it's, it's kind of cliche something that you'll hear in wrestling but not everybody can be like this crazy character that is not you at all so like a lot of times the the best way to find yourself in wrestling is to just be yourself with the volume turned up so i think essentially that's what you see like if you know me outside of wrestling and then you see me in wrestling, you'll be like, yeah, that's that's Mike with just the volume turned up just a little bit. Like, I can be a little rambunctious. I can be a little rowdy. I can be a little, um, think of maybe like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin drinking beer and starting fights. And not that I do that. I did it a little bit in my younger years. I'm, I'm much more uh, calm these days. But, um, you know, think of that kind of, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin-ish
0: gotcha and actually the first time I saw you perform you were in a tag team and your name was beer and something
1: yes beers and beers and that was kind of one of those things that that happened organically you brought up Jay Repsol earlier he's really good at, at kind of pairing people together and finding natural organic chemistry between people and sometimes it, you know it doesn't always work but In the case of Spears and Beers, who was myself and uh, Waylon Beck, who was super popular at Dreamwave uh, for a lot of years and um, uh, still is, kind of paired us together. And um, my my finishing move is the spear. Waylon at the time was known as uh, a heavy beer drinker. Now it's kind of funny that you know to think that he was the beers of the group. um, Knowing what we know about me to this day, but yeah it, it was one of those things it was, it was it was organic and uh he was definitely the uh, workhorse of the group though it was and it was one of those things where it kind of you know hit the fact that i wasn't really ready at that time to be in the spotlight you know i'm very thankful for that time and and the experiences that i had working with guys like that do you go by michael hardenbauer as a wrestler or
0: what's her alias
1: Yeah, when I when I first came up, just being LaSalle's very own, it was easy to go with Mike Hartenbauer. So like, I've had people be like, "Well, why don't you have a a fancy stage name or this or this or that?" I always joke. I'm like, "Well, hey, it works for John Cena." Yeah, I just go by Hartenbauer these days. No Mike, no Michael, just Hartenbauer.
0: Okay, okay. I was looking at your name earlier. I wrote it in my planner for you know scheduling, and I was like, I kind of like his name because you can break your name up into like three, four, five different words. You got a heart in there, you got ten in there, you got bow. Have you ever l- played that game as a kid and look at names and try to make other words? That's what I did with yours. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of people over the years be like, oh, where'd you come up with
1: that name? And I'm like, well, it's my real name, you know? <laughs> or, uh, you know? Just different, like, plays on words. You know, like a lot of my merch I'll put out, I'll say, like, heart and bow or power on it. Yeah, stuff like that. It, it just kind of works.
0: When you had the... Uh... Spear and beers thing going on was it? Heart and Bauer hour, you know, instead of happy hour.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I believe it or not, I, I had this um this vision of doing this podcast myself, where it was like the Heart and Bauer Power Hour or something like that, you know. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of things that we could have done with that.
0: No doubt, I like it. I like it. You said, you know, Stone Cold. St- Steve Austin-ish with your wrestling personality. Is there other wrestlers that you know you took, you know, moves from or uh, mannerisms or anything like that? Putting your character together. I know, as human beings, whether you're a musician or a writer or something, you have influences that play a role on what you do. Who are some of yours? Well, when I was a kid,
1: like I said, I I didn't care too much for um, like the technical wrestling side of things and now now i do i appreciate i appreciate it so much and and i'll watch it and i'll try to pick up little things there's just a lot of it that just doesn't fit me and it's just uh, whatever so i was always a fan of the larger than life characters when i was when i was growing up but specifically in that late 90s time period you know people can say whatever they want today but if you didn't like goldberg in the late 90s you're lying I guy looked like a million dollars and just running people over and just just crazy with that streak and entrance, the pyro, all of it. So that's why I do the spear. Kevin Nash was probably, like, my favorite wrestler at the time. You know, I take a lot of things from him. I wish I had his hair. Um, (laughs) Instead, I got got the Stone Cold Steve Austin hair. Uh, You know, Triple H would probably be the most technical, you know... Guy that that I was a really big fan of, uh, and I guess he's not really even like technical. But between um, you know Triple H, Stone Cold, Goldberg, and Kevin Nash, those are the guys. Like if you watch a match of mine, you'll be like, okay, I see it.
0: I mean, I wouldn't say Triple H is technical in the terms of you know a Kurt Angle or a Bret Hart or something like that. I would right. think he's more mechanical. He was like a mechanical wrestler, like where his Moves were so—they were just like pristine. Like he, yeah, everything
1: would mean something. Like it's just those little things. He didn't—he didn't make mistakes. Like everything
0: he—he he would do had a purpose, and um, there was a reason they called him cerebral. Definitely true. Definitely, definitely. I like that we grew up in the same era because we were talking about this, and I'm thinking all these memories. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy. I mean, wrestling's a lot of fun. I mean, you can hate on it all you want to, and like, hey, it's scripted. I always say, well, so is Seinfeld, so is Friends, probably yeah. so is Dr. Phil. Like, all these yeah. things are scripted. Exactly,
1: yeah, and that's the thing, and it's and it's live performances, too. It's in it's, its athleticism. My, one of my things, too, is like, I'll tell people about wrestling, and then they'll, if, if they have a negative, sometimes you just can't change people's minds. But especially in the last year or two, I know a lot of people that, you know, I've come across, um, whether it's at the gym or at work or in a bar somewhere that, you know, they'll talk to me about wrestling and am like, well, yeah, I used to like it when I was a kid or, ah, that stuff's fake or that stuff's this or that. All I ask is people to just give it a try. And more often than not, you know, if people come to a show, they'll be like, that was the most
0: fun I've ever had. And it's
1: like, yeah, I, you know, it's, that's the thing. It's supposed
0: to be fun. And whether it's scripted, and I'm doing the air quotes right now, fake, uh, when they fall on those plywood boards that are underneath that canvas of the ring, that still hurts. When they're jumping off of ladders and flying through tables, that still hurts. Yes, badly. <laughs> Very badly.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I uh, most most Sundays and Mondays, I'm, you know, creaking, getting out of bed and hobbling to my kitchen to grab something to drink and it takes me a while to get the bones uh, warmed up and moving and in the gym and sometimes I'm limping, sometimes I'm bruised I've had black eyes in the last two weeks I've walked you know into the gym and I got a black eye and people will say what happened to you and it's you know hey you should see the other guy you know like <laughs> especially the last year I, I mean the, the injuries they pile up it's not ballet I just keep dropping all of the cliches on
0: you I mean, I expect that. I kind of like it. This is like a not a typical podcast. I mean, we're kind of moving around and putting different things in it. You got to have some cliches. I like it. Absolutely. What is some of your injury lists? What are a couple of the
1: the worst ones? Partially tore my quad in the ring in 2015. Uh, It wasn't a full rupture, so I didn't need surgery. So I did rehab on that. My knees are kind of shot. Like injury wise, I've been pretty lucky. I'm trying to think, like in ring injuries, um, my head got split open pretty bad uh, last month um, at an AAW show in Chicago. I was bleeding profusely, <laughs> and if, you know, of course, then you have the people who are like, "Is that real blood?" And it's like, "Yes, it <laughs> is very <much laughs> real blood." I am <laughs> bleeding out in the ring here. Someone help me. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where it just added to the drama of the match and then of the show as a whole. You get that adrenaline going, and, you know, you don't realize it until the next day. You're like, wow, my head hurts. I got smoked in the head pretty good. Or my uh, leg came down on a guardrail pretty hard. Actually, it might have been in that same match. I, yeah, that match was kind of rough. You know, I've dislocated my shoulder a couple times in matches. And then just even, like, training. I've torn both pecs over the years, broke a toe. But, again, nothing, like, too, you know, like, severe. So, I'm I'm, I'm lucky, uh, knock on wood, you know, that nothing nothing too serious ever happens. But, yeah, it's
0: definitely not ballet. (laughs) Not at all. This show, December 10th, I mean, what should we expect? I mean, I know what Dreamwave brings to the table, but what are some special attractions, some cool things that... You know, we should be looking for or paying attention to about the Dreamwave show December 10th at Knights of Columbus in LaSalle.
1: So the cool thing about Dreamwave, I guess always, was the mixture of local talent, um, international talent, TV talent, guys you've never heard of before, guys who are having their first match, guys who are having their 2000th match, guys that have been working for six months, guys that have been doing this for 20 years. So this time around with Dreamwave coming back is, you know, you have to start kind of fresh with your, with your roster, especially, you know, since it had been six years since we ran regularly. A lot of those guys are on TV now. Um, a lot of those guys have since retired. A lot of those guys are just in different parts, different times in their life where they, they just can't, you know, come to LaSalle, Illinois to wrestle anymore, stuff like that. You know, we've got some, some new talent coming in. And then a lot of like the, the Dreamwave favorites. And then we're bringing back the, um, the Good as Gold Rumble, which is always a favorite event for the fans. So we've got that, and you never know who's going to be in that. There's always surprises there. And then there's a few matches already booked. I know we've got what is going to be probably one of the most crazy matches in Dreamwave history. I can already say that. Uh, Gringo Loco, Aries. ASF, and uh, Commander in a four-way. And those guys do some of the absolute craziest Lucha Libre high-flying uh, spots. That's the stuff. Like, when I say, you know, I'll watch a technical match, and maybe I'll pick up something that I can, you know, put in my back pocket for future uh, future use. These guys do stuff that I wouldn't even try. I mean, it's they, it's... It's some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen in my life. And I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, the the fans that come out in December. I'm looking forward to seeing their reactions to some of this stuff because it is just absolutely insane stuff.
0: Being part of Dreamwave, being part of the independent scene, I know we've talked about coming back to LaSalle and, you know, going to have the show in December. Where are some of the other spots that you've been in the last few years like you said it's been six years since Dreamwave has been here regularly where you were here regularly where have you traveled to and what have you been a part of like I said that first like six seven years that I was in the
1: business just with like life and everything um, I wasn't really able to travel as much as the the average independent wrestler um, I kind of kept things really really close to home and a lot of times that, that means that you're only working once a month or twice a month. However, you know, life has changed a little bit to where I'm now kind of afforded the um, ability to, to make wrestling essentially a full-time job. And so I'm able to travel more. Um, the last two years, I did um, WrestleMania weekends. So I was down in Tampa uh, two years ago. I was down in Dallas, Texas uh, this past year. Yeah, I go to Wisconsin a little bit here and there, Iowa... But I'm always kind of looking to travel, but a lot of my body of work still, you know, is is in Illinois. Um, There's a promotion in north central Illinois called Zawa. Uh, They run at least two shows a month in, you know, the Rock Falls, Sterling, uh, Dixon area up there. So I've I've been there quite a bit. There's a company down in Bloomington Normal called Iron Spirit Pro uh, that I've been working for for the last year or so. A.A.W. in Chicago, which is arguably uh, the biggest independent in the Midwest. They've been running shows for the last, I want to say, just about 20 years. So I've been there uh, the last couple of years on, on their shows, which are streamed on Fight TV and High Spots TV. So I've been doing that the last couple of years. And um, and now it's cool to, to, to kind of you know be able to say that, well, I you know honed my craft elsewhere, and now I'm able to show that in my hometown, uh, having DreamWave back.
0: Kind of comes full circle, even though you still got a lot of time left, but you get to come back, showcase what you've learned, and that's pretty cool. That's got to be a good feeling for you.
1: Yeah, it is. One of my favorite things, and I know I've talked to people about this before, but one of my favorite things about pro wrestling is, you know, like if, if you're a really good, you know, men's league basketball player, at, at the YMCA doing, you know, rec leagues or whatever. And, and I've played with some phenomenal basketball players. I'm not good. I've never been good. But played with, like, D1 college players who are just phenomenal athletes. And they're never going to say that, you know, they were lacing up their, you know, their Jordans next to LeBron or sharing locker rooms with Kobe Bryant, you know. But pro wrestling – you know, I've, I've sat in locker rooms with Shawn Michaels. I've sat in locker rooms with Ric Flair. I've been on shows with, I mean, you name them. So that's one of the coolest things about pro wrestling. And over the last few years, just different locker rooms in different towns, you, you take little things from, from everywhere and from, you know, different matches with different people. And, and it's cool to kind of bring it all together full circle, like you said, and um, be able to kind of give some of that knowledge that I've picked up you know over the last few years be able to give that to some of the
0: younger you know people because i know that's what people did for me when i was getting in the business correct me if i'm wrong but did i see raven on the flyer for this show oh you definitely saw raven on the flyer yeah that's (laughs)
1: awesome
0: i loved raven when i was a
1: kid so yeah that's gonna be pretty cool he'll be here december 10th signing autographs photo ops all that good stuff
0: quote the raven Nevermore.
1: Yeah, uh, and he actually just got into the um, Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame like two weeks
0: ago, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome. He deserves it. He was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, super entertaining. I was trying to think of his uh, what he went by in WWF when he first started.
1: (laughs) Um, Scotty Flamingo. There we go, there we go. (laughs) Making me dig deep. Anybody listening to this that knows me is going to be like, how did he know
0: that?
1: <laughs> I'm, like, the worst when it comes to wrestling. Like, I, like you'd think that I would know so much, but I, I really, like, I, I don't. There's sometimes I have to, like, Google what a move is. It's 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 not pretty.
0: Yeah, I was, like, thinking, I was picturing him. I remember seeing, like, uh, you know, promos and stuff in the little boxes. When they'd have, like, Saturday wrestling, he'd be in a little box, you know, doing his thing. And then, you know, fast forward four or five years, and he's on wcw and ecw as this like iconic figure known as raven and i'm like man and that's why i went back when the uh network came out and i was trying to gobble up everything just watching wrestlers progress as they went on because characters change their moves change them as people change and it was so cool to see that i don't really watch the network anymore but i was glad that came out and raven is one of the first ones that pop in my head when i think of that
1: Yeah, and and that goes back to, like, those guys that, you know, they're they're characters. They're larger than life. Um, Other than the DDT, I can't tell you anything that Raven did in the ring. I can tell you that he would sit in the corner looking awesome. I can tell you that his DDT was awesome. I can tell you that his promos were awesome. But in-ring work, I can't really tell you anything about him. And, And that's good. I don't need to. You know, I remember what I remember, and, and that's, you know, that's the beautiful part about wrestling.
0: No doubt. Well put, my friend. Well put. Well, check out Hartenbauer and, and the rest of the Dream Wave crew. December 10th, Knights of Columbus. What time's the door? I know it starts at 3, right?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the event starts at 3, which is um, a change from the way we used to run things there. But I think it's been a, a really um, positive change. But yeah, the doors open at 2 p.m. Yeah, show starts at 3 and uh, should be over around 6 p.m. And there will be an after party at Luis Legrado in Peru.
0: Awesome. And I'm guessing you guys suggest to get the tickets beforehand because I got tickets beforehand and I went and it was extremely packed. And I remember people texting me at the last show and be like, hey, how did you get in? We can't get in. There's no tickets. And I'm like, yeah, I got mine way ahead of time because I figured this was going to happen.
1: Yeah, uh, that first show, you know, it was kind
0: of um, you know, definitely
1: unique circumstances. You know, it was going to be an outdoor event, and then we had terrible weather, so we moved it indoors. So we really had to limit the ticket sales. I would say that this show will sell out, so if you're interested in getting tickets, I would definitely get them sooner rather than later. Uh, front row has already sold out. Second row... Uh, is moving very quickly. And then there's general admission and, uh, kids tickets available. And you can get those at dreamwavewrestling.com. And we actually have hard tickets available at Luz Legrado in Peru. Uh, and those hard tickets are really cool. I'm, I'm like a big nerd for like collector's items and that kind of stuff. And the, the tickets are legitimately beautiful. Um, not just because my face is on some of them, but, um, they are really really neat so you can grab those in person or if you want to buy your tickets online you can get them at dreamweightwrestling.com
0: it's totally because your face is on them (laughs) yeah okay fine (laughs) well thank you for joining edge of your seat podcast it's always a pleasure catching up with you speaking with you i've done a couple stories with you before you know being the hometown kid doing this wrestling thing and it's awesome to see you know your progression as well It was awesome to see you at the last event, and I'm going to get a ticket so I can come see you again. Awesome. Sounds good. I appreciate it.